Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the A-Tier. Hello, everyone. Justin here. And Julian. We're brothers. We are um, that. <laughs> Julian, I am haven't had this one before. I'm sipping a delicious Hazy Days Cowbell uh, Juicy IPA. It's very good. That sounds uh, fantastic. And mm-hmm. I think most IPAs from craft brewers in the area, and by the area I mean Ontario, Canada, um, a lot of them tend to do a good job with their juicy IPAs. I don't understand the terminology juicy, but for some reason I under I understand it. <laughs> it it's did that juice. make sense? No. Tastes like juice. It IPA. is juicy and delicious. Adult juice. So this is the disc Gross. golf podcast from Canada. Uh, my bad. I just was uh, thinking out loud that I like this beer I'm drinking, and I like beer. Uh, that's fair. As and a Canadian would, I think. <laughs> As Canadians do often. Mm-hmm. So last week, Julian, we had that. The distinguished honor of interviewing young Thomas Gilbert. Yes, we did. And he is just a great representative of Canada. And I know we talked about that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Now, this episode, spoiler from the title, not really a spoiler because you would have read this before you clicked on it. Right. Ezra Adderhold will be joining us for a uh, fun little interview. Um, and fun fact, it's Ezra Aderhold, Julian. Sorry, Ezra Aderhold. <laughs> oh my goodness. We did learn that, and that was my bad, and uh, you will hear that shortly. Yeah, I mean, did I ask him during the interview? I can't remember. It might have been before the interview, but we also, did know that. Sorry, side note, we are in a room with a cat, so if you hear a little meow, it's not, it's just a cat. This is, this is just the way it is. All right, so I want to get right into this, now that we've bantered for a few minutes here and, and wasted some time, but I want to know, uh, we're recording this in uh, end of January. Janvier. And... There's been some pretty big signings so far. Are there any that have really uh, surprised you? Uh, well, my cat thinks that there are, there are because I hear him. But um, <sighs> surprise, I okay, I, I not to just kind of piggyback off our interview, but um, Ezra's surprised me a little bit. I'm very happy for him, but was, but was kind of surprised. I I honestly assumed he would just be a crush brother on Discmania. To be completely honest, well, they can he, he all throw P two. Yeah, they can all throw far. <laughs> Uh, Perkins isn't a big bomber at all, and he's a Discmania guy, but, I mean, for Kyle Klein and, and Eagle and Simon, obviously, I, I just thought, and I believe, was there not at some point, I think Ezra had done something, some sort of video with those two, maybe? I forget. Julian might know. Uh, I think he did. Now, one other thing with Ezra choosing Discraft that I thought was kind of interesting, he's getting a nuke as his, um, as his tour series disc, as he's announced on everything, and... They're not as commonly thrown now, I would say, versus some of the Paul Macbeth discs, but I'm really hoping that this brings a nuke. Super good point. I hope it makes it a good comeback for him. It's bringing it back on the map. And you know what? All it takes is one touring pro to be like, hey, you know, uh, this this is a disc I throw. Um, I can't really think of any great examples right now that are kind of, we're kind of dying discs, but you, you see some of these touring pros, you know, pick up a disc that is not necessarily a popular mold from a brand. Uh, but they put their name on it and all of a sudden it is again. So I think you're totally right with that nuke. It's going to be, I think it's going to, well, I think it's going to be great. It's like that super unpopular, uh, what is it? Discraft makes it, it's the zone or something. I think Paul Macbeth put his name on it. And I don't, I've never heard it. I don't yeah. know. Is that like a mid or something? Uh, it's uh, it's something like, I know it's, it's supposed to be pretty stable. I don't Are you know. sure that's the name of the disc? Zone. Um, I don't know. We'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was hoping for MVP, though. Sorry, I'm really into this beer. With Ezra. I didn't think there was a chance. Um, But Julian, nice segue. Somehow, here in Janvier 20, whatever it is, James Conrad still doesn't have... Oh, my God. Yeah. And and could it be MVP? I still can't can't fathom that. I know it seems like everyone's kind of, you know, all the trolls out there saying, oh, I saw his van at MVP factory and... Fuck, I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, Somewhere in... that it's country. in Michigan. It's uh, it's is it really? Yeah, it's about an hour away from Discraft, actually. Well, everyone, you know, so all these people are like, well, clearly he's signing with them, but he just hasn't made that decision yet. So, oh my god, I would kill three people for James Conrad Envy, as long as it's Neutron Soft. I just buy one or no? 
Do you think? Okay, it's got to be the envy. <laughs> I, I see. I'm a, I'm a. I like putter throwing, and I think the envy is one of the most, if 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 not the most comfortable throwing putter there is. Yes, it's uh now for uh, for my hands specifically. I don't have uh, huge hands. I don't have like Trump hands, but I do have uh, like average size hands. And the envy fits really, really well. Does Trump have big hands? Uh no, not at all. Oh, he has like for his size. I think that there's a joke that he has um like proportionally small hands. I don't know, not proportionally. What they say about guys with small hands, eh? <laughs> little small gloves. I was gonna say he's little ring size. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that too. He could have fat fingers though, and small hands. I mean, the rest of him's fat too. Actually, he's. You know what? He. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Joe Biden is now the president. That's true. As of yesterday. Yes, that's true. And we're in Canada. Uh, so Justin Trudeau is still the prime minister as well. Don't forget that, everyone. Right, that guy. Uh, but congratulations, Joe Biden. I know he's a longtime listener of the show, so I, when he uh, <laughs> he'll really appreciate that little bump bump out there for him. Yeah, I think so. So James Conrad going to MVP. Would be amazing. I think so too, but I just, I mean, who else could it be? Uh, really any other company. Right. Good point. Uh, but and hey, Prodigy, could it, I don't know. They could, they've, they've done some pretty cool signings. I know we talked to Thomas on the last episode and who? he, uh, Gilbert, ah, Thomas yes. Gilbert. He is um, one of the newest Prodigy team members as well as um, Sandy Hendel, another uh, Sandy, yes, another prominent Canadian, Canadian disc golfer. And who else? I know they've they kept a lot of the big ones too, like Chris. Are you Dickerson. talking Canadian still? Well, uh, actually, I got some extensions here. I wrote some extensions down. Uh, Seppo and Kale Lavisca. Yep. Not Seppo and Kale Lavisca. They're not married. Seppo Paiu and Kale Lavisca. Oh, right. Okay. Both signed three years to Prodigy. Oh, and uh, Austin Hannum. Apparently, and, uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, he uh, he, he moved. wasn't an extension. He was a new. That's that's kind of a. I guess not really su- surprising, but I would say more like, I don't know. Katrina's there, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Katrina's there, and they're they're dating. It's not, it's not you know, not like it's not factual. They're dating. So, I mean, maybe she kind of swayed his decision, but uh, Discraft is a great brand that's just blowing up right now, and, and for him to leave, I mean, must have made sense for him, right? Yeah, I think so. And and I always wondered, like, they, I know they have, they must have some sort of non-disclosure, but I really just wish that I hope that eventually disc golf gets to the point where they can um, announce things just like they do in um, other professional sports. Like one hundred percent. I want to know. I want to know details, you guys. I want to know exactly how much you're getting paid, what your bonus is. I want to know all of it. I want to know how much they're getting paid per year, what the bonus structure is like. I'm just curious. Like I couldn't I don't, agree more. I don't need to know, but I want to. Here's the thing, because I think that's a super. We're not the only people that think that way. For sure. I know every single hockey player's contract, what they make and what their bonuses are. I know football. I know basketball. Why is it that you don't know? Why is it so? Is it because they don't make a ton? Like, I know it's not lucrative. For sure. Somehow it leaked out that Paul, obviously we talked about, makes that, you know, discraft money. But Uh, he makes current number one in the world money. Right. I don't think anybody is on the same level as he is. Like his four-year contract, from what we hear, a discraft. Is like someone winning one event on the PGA Tour. Yes. Like in over his four-year contract. And he's, the, reiterate, the best player in the world. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, disc golf is growing. And I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of time. We need the fans to grow. We need people to be here. We need pe- more people watching, playing, buying discs, of course. I just, I want to know, like, what do they make on, like, what does Paul Macbeth make on a Hades versus can I, a Paul me, Macbeth Are you asking buzz? me? Yeah, sure. Five bucks. On a Hades? Any of them. But what about on a signature buzz? There's no way it's the same as the Hades. Oh, okay. Right? Because he just... Five bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. So he has the Paul Macbeth signature buzz. He has a Paul Macbeth five-time tour series buzz. And he has the Paul Macbeth, Ze- uh, Zeus, Hades... Um, Malta. Malta. Luna. He has yeah. tons of them. So Zones, right? Zones? Are, like everything. No, but the zone is a discrap disc. Oh, I see what you're saying. So does like he make the same on the molds. Paul Macbeth discs as he does on the... Oh, I wonder if it's like he's bought that mold and that they're all yeah, his. Yeah, like maybe yeah, yeah, he's yeah. making... Maybe he makes... Uh, and you like, know how you answer that question? Ask him. By putting it public. <laughs> so we all know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's just a little rant, I guess. Yeah. Uh, any other notable signings here? There was... You know what? Now th- not notable. 
hugely, but I mean, in this area of the world, Martin Hendel also has anted up with Innova as well. Yeah. Another, uh, another high-ranked Canadian player has makes his way down to some Pete uh, DGPT events. Presently the number one ranked Canadian player tied with... Uh, Stuart McIsaac? Nope. We went through this. Ashley McIsaac? We talked about this. Not Ashley McIsaac. Look him up, though, if you're curious. I am. He's a fiddlist. I think so. Fiddler? Fiddlal? Fiddle... Fiddlist on the roof? Fiddlist. Fiddlist. Oh, Casey Hannemeyer. That's him. Casey Hannemeyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about it in uh, BC. So he is tied with Martin Hendel for the number one spot. I can't imagine that's going to last too long um, with Thomas Gilbert's eagle on his first throw on camera with the Prodigy disc. Yeah, that seemed like it was a match made in heaven. (laughs) I mean, I think you can give Thomas Gilbert a a dinner plate and you'd throw it 700 feet, but... Right. um, I I think most of the other signings were just extensions so far. James Conrad is the big one, obviously, that we're still waiting on. Everybody else is either signed or extended with their current ones that, uh, at least off the top of my head, I can think of. Okay, let 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 me ask you this, okay? When you see the duration or the length of an extension, do you ever question why it was either so short or so long, or what what the thoughts are? Because there's a couple here that stuck out to me, and I have them highlighted, Julian. I think they're going to be the same ones I was thinking of. Okay. Heimberg, one year with Innova? Yes. You thought that? I'm like, why only one? Heimberg and Barsby, I think, was the other one. Barsby's another one year. Yeah. And then the other one I saw was Adam Hammes with uh, Discraft. These are all recognizable. I mean, you got a world champion in Barsby. Heimberg's one of the highest rated players in the world. And Adam Hammes is just a young kid who's, who you see him up there all the time. He can throw. Yeah. He really can putt, especially from distance. Why only one year, I wonder? So it could be a mixture of things. It could be that they want to not commit themselves for too, too long, but want to have their name somewhere. Right. Especially um, maybe they want to, I don't know. This is probably more with somebody, Adam or or Calvin Heimberg's age, where they maybe want to go to school or they want to do a different career, or maybe they just want to commit for that one year and then make up their mind at that point. Right, they can go year by year. I think Barsby, that one is interesting to me because he's been with Innova for so long. Why not just sign? I feel like that was Innova's choice, if I had to guess on that one. Just yeah. to be like, let's give him another shot. 2017, 18, world champion. Yep. Let's just go year by year. Who knows how long he's going to play? He's a veteran on the tour now. So maybe that's their, that was their decision. Yeah, it could be. And I would love to see... I know I'm I'm just going to keep preaching this, but I would love to see Greg Barsby also throwing NBs and throwing... You, okay, so Julian Murphy MVP wants discs. MVP for everyone. Everyone throw all of them, just MVP and Axiom Discs. Um, also, Nico... This is a cool one, too. Nico's... I feel like he hasn't lost it yet. Mm-hmm. He's still relevant. He won uh, the Preserve... Uh, the first edition of the Preserve on the Disc Golf Pro Tour this year. Yeah. Um, on a pretty open bomber course against some bombers. Oh, yeah. You know, Heimberg was on the final round. Um, and for him just to sign again with two years with Westside, I mean, a lesser known disc company, I think is pretty cool. Like, I don't know. It shows that he's committed to that that Westside brand and all that stuff. Because I think he could probably go out there and find another bigger brand. Yeah, not, for sure. not, not to knock Westside, but like. You know, like one of the big boys and maybe make some... Well, he's a bit of a firecracker though too, right? So I think I think some companies are leery, but he can still like... Think about um, how many albatrosses have been on tour? Like Two? I can think of two. Three? I think Philo has one and Nico has the other. And Nico's oh. is pretty recent. Like when he all... jumped off the tree? Did oh, you see that? Man, that he side so kicked cool. off the tree and launched his hat in the air? That was... That's, I think, one of the, the, the coolest shots um, that I have seen in modern disc golf huge flare off the parking lot yeah. like just on, and you know he's going for it man we can talk this is the best part of having a podcast i could go <laughs> forever on this kind of stuff um but anyway nico uh, i love the guy as well and it's cool for him for two years and then a couple other just to kind of list them off here perkins with Discmania. uh you're going to hear a little bit about more about perkins uh and ezra in our ezra at our aderhold interview uh seppo and kaylee went through and then kyle klein two more years with Discmania. that kid Will be a world champion one day, in my opinion. Think so? I'm saying it now. Yep. Yeah. He's young, right? He's like 19, 20. Yeah. Like I range. watched him uh, on Jomez win the... I'm horrible at naming tournaments. I will say it was called... The Jomez Am, Am Worlds. Okay. Am Worlds. He won like by... like by It was something ridiculous, like yeah. 30 strokes. And they're like, well, now you got to be a pro. <laughs> and he's been relevant this year. Yeah. And I believe he even played in the Disc Golf Pro Tour finale. So that's pretty good for someone of his, his that, age. That's huge. Huge. And then uh, Sexton and Big Germ, I don't know who they are. I just kind of wrote their names down. They're with Innova. These newer players, I think. Innova. Two more years each. And then Eagle, three years uh, with Discmania. 
Dickerson, three you mentioned with Prodigy, and then Brody Smith. Brody Smith. Two more years with Discraft. There's another one just to list off the notables. And the Brody Smith one, I think, is actually very cool because it's not just... Um, I know watch if you watch his YouTube channel, which I know if you watch Disc Golf, a lot of the people watch his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He was an ultimate player. He went on to try and become a professional golfer and then set like Is for a good? year. I never watched Yeah, him. he was good. He was okay. good. But then he settled into uh, a sport that I think is much more suited to his Frisbee throwing talents, uh, yeah. or sorry, his ultimate disc throwing talents. And, um, and switching to disc golf obviously was the right move for him. And it's neat to see that he's committed for another two years. Mm-hmm. I like seeing his not just being a one year, a six month or whatever contract. I mean, let's not, let's not, let's call a spade a spade. He's clearly, I mean, Paul Macbeth put Discraft back on the map in a big way, obviously. Mm-hmm. Brody can't hurt uh, no. these zones. He can't keep those get freaky zones in stock anywhere. So yeah. uh, good on both parties there. And, and uh, you know, he's always going to be a, a dark horse in tournaments, right? So nice one. I, I, I understand what you're doing there. What? Uh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So, Julian, do you want to do your thing and throw us over to our guest here? Yeah, so we have our interview now with Ezra Aderhold, a great, great guy, very pleasant to deal with. Um, there was a few times where our internet was kind of cutting in and out, so if there's some weird transitions... I think it was his. It was his internet. Probably his internet, but uh, we're not going to say that. I just uh, did. Uh, he went to LTE, he said, and it got better, so So anyway. uh, you'll, you'll hear a few uh, weird transitions, but otherwise, enjoy this interview with Ezra. Well, our guest today has rapidly become one of the most recognizable faces on tour with his boyish good looks and jacked frame. This guy is an absolute chucker with easy 600-foot power. He had five top 20 finishes in the Disc Golf Pro Tour events in 2020, landing in the money in every tournament he entered except the USDGC. He took down his first A-tier win in Texas against a really tough field and earned north of 18000 US dollars in his young career so far. All of this and only being a PDGA member since 2019, the bee-needing bomber from South Dakota, <laughs> Mr. Ezra Aderhold or Aderhold? Let's go. Hey. Ad- I, th- I thought it was. Ah, see, okay. we, we had an argument for about 15 minutes this morning. Nice. Just trying to figure out if it's Aderhold or Aderhold. But, All right, uh, Aderhold. Most, most people get it messed up, so. And you no, don't correct yeah, them, though, so how are we supposed to know, right? I, exactly. That taught me. <laughs> see, and we appreciate that because we're, we're the A-tier podcast, so Aderhold exactly. just fits okay. in perfectly. I'm glad you said that. Exactly. Ezra, do you get it? Yeah, because like Canadian is like A. You say A See? a lot, right? All right. Yeah, all right. It's, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's genius. That's okay, like, good. That's Translates. I don't know. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure if genius is enough, but whatever. Um, so, Ezra, I uh, like I said to, I've actually mentioned it on our podcast before. Um, we met down in Waco, and uh, I didn't get a chance to really talk to you much then because, to be honest, I didn't really know who you were, and likewise, you didn't know who I was. So, um, I want to yeah. know kind of how did Ezra seems pretty recent. How did you start playing disc golf? What, what got you into this great game? Um, it was like six years ago when we just kind of saw some people randomly playing in like the new disc golf course. And uh, I think my brothers and I ended up just getting some discs and, and kind of going out and playing a little bit after that. And we, we started kind of playing mostly just like at our house. We had like six acres. So we would just play like object golf at, uh, at trees. And then we kind of got into like watching um, coverage like right away. So kind of started out as a fan um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there on started taking it more seriously like four years ago. So why the, so then if you took it, start taking it seriously four years ago, why the choice, I guess in 2019, I believe it was to, to, you know, finally take the plunge and grab a PDGA number. And I mean, it seems like you almost instantly started touring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way I, the way I kind of started practicing was just trying to like really get a solid base. And so that's why I started, really welcome my backhand technique. I wanted to be able to have a lot of distance before I started competing. Cause I felt like once I start competing and playing on course and practicing that way, it'd be difficult to fine tune my technique, you know? So mm-hmm. I just focused on that. And then once I got that to a point where I felt like I was competitive, uh, then that's when I decided that entering a tournament would be uh, a beneficial thing and, and kind of just started practicing the rest of the game at that point. That's super smart to <laughs> hone your skills. And then all of a sudden you sign up as a PDGA member, you know, number one, two, one, whatever it is. And then you're already like lights, lights out at disc golf. It's that's a good idea. Kind of ask backwards. It was sweet. I was, I was a lot, I was waltz at, I was a lot waltz right when I started competing than I thought I was. So like my, my putting was so bad in, my, in that false tournament. And so then like after that, I was like, oh boy, I gotta, I gotta clean that up if I want to, if I want to be able to compete. Now, when you say bad, are you talking like circle one bad, circle two bad, both? Oh, 
both yeah yeah it was it was pretty windy too to be fair but i it seemed like i missed everything like that that final round i just missed all my putts oh, so no. i think your first few tournaments like anybody you just think about it more right like maybe that's what it was we all know putting is 100 <laughs> percent yeah. mental so right so True. uh obviously a lot of people know this about you um that you eat a lot of beans um i want to know i are you a vegetarian, a vegan? What's what's Ezra's diet like? Yeah, you clearly take care of your plant based is kind of the plant based is kind of the label I use. I try to be plant based um, almost all the time. Um, I just feel like it's it's a healthier lifestyle. Um, I do eat a lot of beans, but it's mostly just trying to be healthy, and I feel like beans fit into that pretty well. So hundred percent, not technically full, not technically full vegan since I eat honey. So oh, well, okay, I, I wouldn't even know that's yeah. cheating. So Sweet. so what's a what's a I noticed on your video maybe six seven months ago on YouTube that you know, you had that, was it a slow cooker or something in the back of the old Prius? So yep. what would you, like, I just saw a giant pile of beans. What what do you do with it to eat it? Like just uh, grab a spoon or I, what? I, so I'll just, I usually just cook up rice and beans together and then I'll just add hot sauce and dump it in a tortilla shell and eat it that way. So, so like now I don't even spice it. It's amazing. Yeah. Super basic, but you know, gets the job done and I'm used to it and I like it. So, well, so, okay, let's get back to Ezra a little bit here. I know I love beans too. Right. They're great. Blah, blah, blah. Nice. I want to know how old you are. Cause I really wouldn't even be able to guess, to be honest. I'm 23. Okay. You're younger than I thought. Wow. Okay. You seem more, mature. Okay, you're nice. definitely more mature than I thought. Sweet. Awesome. I feel old already. It's like, you know, I've been on the 12 for one year. I feel like I'm already older than everybody. So. Oh yeah, for it's sure. Well, you've got a, a new sponsorship from the biggest company in disc golf. I would say, mm-hmm. um, at least yeah. top two, if not the biggest. Um, so how, how did that go down? When did you start talking with them? So I actually, um, I actually, I think they were kind of the false company to reach out to me like mid season, right after I shot like a 1096 rated round. Um, it good? was right before Deglo. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before Deglo. So at that, at, at, um, the Great Lakes open, that's when they kind of reached out to me and, and started talking to me a little bit. Um, and then it was like a week after that, that all the other companies kind of started to, to talk to me and, um, wasn't super interested with taking any of the, 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 all the offers kind of just decided that it'd be, it'd make more sense to kind of finish the season out with my con bag and, uh, kind of regroup at the end of the season since I felt like my value was still going up pretty, pretty rapidly. And it'd be tough to kind of value, you know, well, each, each of us should be for that contract. So, um, and then, you know, during the off season, we had some really good conversations with, with several different companies. And that's when Nate Parkins really helped a lot with kind of deciding so we lost you a little bit there. <laughs> Don't worry. It's just going to be, it might've make... been my wifi. I'm on my LTE now. So I think it's okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you were saying, uh, Nate Perkins and what was the influence he had over the decision? Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah. So I, um, so that, that's, that's when Nate Perkins kind of stepped in and, uh, he helped me out a lot. He, he kind of took me under his wing, you know, obviously he's been kind of been in the same situation with sponsorship. And so he was able to make a lot of phone calls and kind of help me just in deciding what we wanted out of a sponsorship and what we needed to value. And, and kind of what made the most sense. And then after all, just a lot of discussion and, and different conversations, we kind of realized that this cash kind of made the obvious choice for us. I think that's hilarious because as someone who followed you, after I met you down in Texas, I thought I'm going to pay attention to this kid. He's got a ton of talent. I thought it was funny that Nate Perkins is the guy kind of, you know, giving you the advice on where to go. And I, I assumed, I'm not going to lie that you were going Discmania a hundred percent. I would have bet my life savings on it. So I thought oh, it was pretty funny. Okay. And it's cool that like these disc golfers can be kind of, you know, unbiased and impartial and help a friend see whatever fits them the best, right? Not necessarily drag you yeah. towards one company. And that's the thing, you know, I think a lot of different companies have different strengths. And so they might fit battle with diff- with Sultan players. And I think he really saw that and kind of just saw that each player is unique and needs, you know, has different needs. And so I think he was able to kind of step back and, and take his sponsorship out of it and, and just kind of figure out what was best for me. Hopefully he gets a finder's fee. Oh yeah. <laughs> so when, when was the decision made to go with Discraft? It was uh, maybe a month and a half ago, a okay. few weeks ago. And, yeah. and have you, I noticed, I was watching a couple of your, uh, your videos from a while back and well, not terribly long cause you've only been touring for a year and a half, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you had a lot of Discraft in your bag already. Um, yep. it, did that make the transition a little bit easier? Were you kind of already most of Discraft? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at my in the bag videos, it's like already half Discraft. So that definitely played a factor into it. You know, I'm fairly familiar with a lot of the Discraft stuff. And so I kind of had an idea of what I'd be throwing going into that. Um, And there's also, you know, obviously some discs that would be fairly difficult for me to replace, Um, like the nuke and the zone would be 
they've been staples in my bag and so trying to replace those would have been difficult um but yeah definitely definitely helps kind of throwing a lot of the stuff um going into like the full transition now disc golf aside we all know you're going to be i think you're going to have a special career uh with how quickly you've blossomed on this tour and uh, how confident you are in yourself like that oh don't thank me thank yourself that's a lot of hard work (laughs) but i was wondering if you had any other you're only 23 but if you had like a post-secondary or i'm not sure if they say it the same down the states you know, college, whatever. Have you had any other careers in mind? Have you done other things for work uh, or has it just been disc golf the last few years? Yeah. So in high school, I actually kind of had the dream of being like a real estate mogul and just, you know, getting a lot of real estate and making money off that and just becoming super rich. And uh, (laughs) so right out of high school, my, my brother and I actually bought like four houses to fix up and flip. And once we, you know, it took us like nine months to, to fix them all up and then, and then get them like listed to sell and uh, kind of just realized that that wasn't necessarily the right fit for me, that even if we had like a bunch of money, cause we, we did, we did okay on them, but even if we had a bunch of money, like we still had to spend all time doing something. And uh, that's when I kind of thought, you know, disc golf would be a lot, a lot more beneficial for me to do at, at this time. And if I wanted to fall back on real estate, I can always do that when I'm 50 or something. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now did, did with uh, flipping houses like that, have you always been handy or is that something that you picked up doing that or um, some of it we loaned just, just doing it, but a lot of it, um, I was able to loan from my dad. He's had rental houses, you know, as I was growing up. And so we would help him on things like that. And so he's super handy. And so I was able to loan a lot from him growing up. Those are super tremendous, uh, skill to learn, uh, you know, to be able to fix up your own place, Prius, RV, whatever it's going to be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. things all work the same. It's just a larger, you know, scale, small scale, large scale. Um, exactly. speaking of which. I think I've heard this already, but you're not doing the Prius this year, correct? Nope. Wow. Nope. We get a little bit of an upgrade. A little. So we'll be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A, we get like a 27 foot RV. So I'm super pumped about that. <laughs> so like another like, like three yeah. or four okay, feet. Okay, hang on a then. second here. How many <laughs> like feet is a Prius? Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. And, and I'll be I'll be touring with Yuli for most of the season. So oh my that's gosh, super cool too. I look up to him. I yeah, exactly. He's I look my up favorite to him a lot, player on tour so. besides you. <laughs> I have to say that to every guest. <laughs> he's so funny, and obviously he's been around for so long, and so I think there's just a lot that I can learn from him. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think his mindset, I mean, the guy's doesn't throw far uh, compared to other guys. Um, yeah. Very accurate but forehand, top, but not far. He's, yeah, oh but gosh. the guy's at the top because he just has a great mind game. Uh, and I just think that's a very good mentor and, to go with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a super good walk ethic, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I seem it seems from myself I didn't get a chance to meet him in Texas that he's just a, a down a really good person as well like fun to hang yeah. around with right absolutely yeah I think he might be the funnest guy on tour so it'll be uh, yeah. a fun season so talking about guys on tour if if you guys are you know down let's say again for uh, to you know beat a dead horse if you're down in Waco and you've just finished your round you had a good round bad round indifferent doesn't matter what is Ezra and his friends what are Ezra and his friends gonna do at the end of a round? Like, what do you like to do at the end of a round or even during traveling season? What do you like to do? Um, it, it kind of depends. Sometimes, you know, if I, if I played bad, I'll probably just go out and practice and, <laughs> and try to just, I don't know, get ready for the next day. If I played well, um, maybe just relax, uh, and, you know, get ready for the next day that way. If it's, if it's, um, if it's either like Thursday or Friday, then I'll probably go to the gym that night and walk out. Um, Jeez. But yeah, I don't do, I don't do a whole lot for like recreational activities, just like for anything for fun. It's kind of just disc golf. So, um, it actually yeah, sounds pretty sweet to me. Kind of chilling. And obviously that's how you got to where you are now. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're not going to get a thousand rated in four years necessarily from, uh, from having my work ethic. Speaking of work ethic, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned going to the gym. So yeah. if I do, I'm a plumber, I work hard physically, um, your dad could probably yep. be happy about that, but nice. uh, yeah, um, I find it extremely hard to get into a round. It's mainly putting, to be honest. After I've used my body so hard, so how do you separate uh, playing a disc golf round, especially like you're saying you work out during a, a DGPT event? How do you how do you separate yeah. that? Like, I mean, you you must just be beat. Like, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, um, I you know I think just consistency is super key. So. That's kind of why, like, doing events um, like that night, I'll still walk out just because I want to keep my body in the same, uh, like, in the same state the whole time. And so, with if I don't take days off, if I don't take breaks, really, then I don't really ever get sore either. So that's you know that's kind of I, I've done it before where I'll just like walk out in like the like the few days leading up to a tournament, and then during the tournament I won't walk out, 
And I feel like it's just better for me if I just walk out through it, you know, throughout it consistently. Not, <laughs> not like I'm, you know, walking out super, like I'm not going super hard in the gym, um, but just enough to kind of get my body used to walking out and, and in that same state. Plus, I feel like the gym is, is honestly more important for my mind than it is for my body. So that's one of the that's main fair reasons. Fair enough, man. And I think it's really great that you can do that. Yeah, those are the very, very um, interesting points that I, I wouldn't have even considered actually before now. I think it's probably both because we're lazy, I would say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we're not professional disc golfers, so I'm not sure. No, Self-proclaimed lazy. You're, you're, he's MPO. He's MPOK. Uh, MPOK. 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 Yeah. Um, when I met you uh, down in Waco, I wanted to get this kind of out there because I was curious to hear how, you, how you're going to answer this one. I see this kid, great shape, but like long hair. You know, he's got his track pants or shorts on, his muscle shirts. And, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like he's throwing, but then I see him throwing, he's throwing 600 feet. And I'm like, okay, he's got some talent. What, all of a sudden it seemed like mid season this year, a transition happened with you. I don't know if it's, I was paying yeah. attention too closely, but you got your haircut. You end up looking like an absolute champ on the course, like absolute stallion with these, you know, golf shirts and stuff. What, what changed? Was there, did you make a decision mentally or something? Cause it, it all of a yeah, sudden there was I like did. a new Ezra. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to just have the long hair for fun. Um, and I kind of always had the idea that if I started to get on coverage more that I'd want to cut it off and, and look professional, I really want to push professionalism in disc golf. Um, I think that'll just help the sport grow and help a lot of people that don't necessarily know about disc golf, take disc golf more seriously. Um, and so then, you know, pre we had like, we had like that two month gap where we had, you know, the quarantine or whatever. And before that I hadn't really played well enough to get really close to getting on coverage, but going into that little, like little mid off season kind of thing. I felt like my game was getting to a point where I could maybe get on some, on some um, filmed calls. And so mm -hmm. I kind of thought that was the time where I needed to chop it off and, and start to look more presentable and start to push professionalism a little bit. The, the Jomez do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus I think, you know, look good, feel good, play good. So I couldn't agree more with you that I, cool. uh, well, maybe I'm not sure if you remember this. I like to wear some pretty snazzy shirts when I play disc golf. Oh yeah. So. Yep. You do remember. Okay, good. I think big germ wears the same. It's it. I mean, I, I just feel better. I feel like I play better in those shirts. So I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. It gives you confidence. I feel like so. Sure. It Whether it's sense. false or not, doesn't matter. Exactly. Hey, the brain doesn't know the difference. <laughs> that's, that's a good point actually. Um, so, okay. So I was watching a few of your videos and I watched your, uh, your Prius tour, um, which <laughs> is, was one of the most impressive things to me legitimately. Um, with how organized and tightly packed everything was, you had all the tools in case anything went wrong on the road. Um, and the most uh, impressive thing I think was the level of frugality. I knew you were going to say that. Is he, how, how frugal you were. He's so cheap, Ezra. You have no idea. This is amazing. <laughs> and and like that's good. That's good. I can't. I can't even like. I I'm cheap, but but watching that video, you were next level. And so what? Like my my question about that is. What are some of the more extreme cost-cutting measures you did that you didn't even talk about or didn't even show necessarily very much? Like, what are some things that you do to, like, to not spend money while touring? I was, like, dumbfounded with how impressive it was. Um, I mean, the main thing is that I, I, I never had to pay for any place to stay. You know, just sleeping in the Prius, I never had to pay for hotels or Airbnbs. So that was a huge help money-wise. And then, obviously, the Prius gets really good gas mileage compared to, like, a van or something. So that, that helped out a lot. And then the way I ate is, you know, is super cheap as well. It's, it's like a hundred bucks a month, maybe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and then I was like, I wouldn't go out to eat really ever. And so, yeah, kind of just tried to save as much money as I could. I felt like, uh, I don't know if, if I, I kind of wanted to be able to miss cash on every tournament if I, if I had to, and still make, still play the entire season. And, uh, so living cheap kind of helped with that a little bit. Uh, yeah, for sure. It would have. My question, I, I was funny because you just kind of took the question from me. Like I was going to ask how important is caching when you're living such a lifestyle and you'd cashed a lot this year. I guess it sounds like yeah. it wasn't super important because of how, how well you lived. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely nice to, to cash every event except for UFEGC, I think. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd also saved up some money too, which I think is, is probably kind of important for people going on tour for the first time. Um, so I had a little bit of a fallback, but yeah, I mean, caching is definitely, you go into a tournament, especially if you're not sponsored. You know, the entry fee is like 250 bucks or 300 bucks a tournament. So caching is huge if you want to kind of stay out there. Very true. I remember one thing that stuck with me. I don't, this is weird. I don't know why it stuck with me when you told me this. I go, so you live in this car. Where do you shower and stuff like that? And he's like, well, I clearly have a gym membership. And that probably didn't say it exactly like that. I probably thought clearly he has a gym membership. <laughs> so what you do is you would shower at all these, is it Planet Fitnesses? You just go around yep. showering at all these things? Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah, like Planet Fitness. 
it's so nice because they have they lit they have a location at almost every every stop on tour. I think there was maybe two tournaments that I went to that they didn't have a Planet Fitness. So that was super clutch. And then obviously I would I'd be able to get a walkout in and stretch, and then to be able to shower was you know obviously super necessary as well. Good for your card mates. Oh yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> speaking, appreciate it. Speaking speaking of card mates, I'd like to know. Um, maybe I can kind of combine this question. It doesn't matter. I want to know who are actually I've got seven questions popped in my head. Who are who are Ezra's favorite card mates he's played with so far? Not to, not saying that these are people that you know you're, you're going to drop some names that you forget to mention, but who are the favorite? Some of the favorites or highlights from your young career? Um, yeah, some of the, some of the favorite guys to play with um, is Kevin Jones oh, comes absolutely. to mind right away. He's uh, he's really fun to play with, and Austin Hannum super fun to play with as well. Um, obviously Tristan Tano, he's, he's like one of my best buddies on too. Also, I like playing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm going to forget people. So that's what I'm saying. No pressure. Not sure. But yeah, but this is recorded. <laughs> those are the guys that it. come to mind, right? Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. And, and, uh, so, okay. Then the next part would be what kind of card mate are you? What kind of card mate is Ezra? Are you a, a funny, quiet? I mean, I, I only got to practice with you. So, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It probably depends on how I'm playing. Yeah, true. Good point. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'm not, hopefully I'm not too bad if I'm playing bad, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. You mentioned Tristan. Um, when did that friendship kind of spark? Like, because I, he was on my first round at the Waco tournament and I, I ended up loving the kid as well. I couldn't believe how yeah he's just so chill to play with and like super level headed, especially for a young guy. Uh, when did this friendship kind of spark? Was it on tour or did you guys know each other before? No, it was definitely on tour. I think we actually met about this time last season, we played the Mail Couple Meadows Open at the same time. Um, and so, you know, we'd, we'd known we'd, we both had like YouTube channels starting up. And so I think that's kind of how we kind of just, we start talking a little to each other a little bit then. Um, so then we, we knew each other throughout the season. Um, and then when we went to like GMC is kind of when we started to, to hang out a lot more. We had to quarantine for like two weeks before the tournament. Um, and so we, yeah, we got to, got to know each other a lot more at that tournament. Okay, so this year might be a terrible... I, I ask a lot of guys this, and this is a terrible example for this year. But I wanted to ask you how crowds and, and, and things feel like that. Do they feel... you know, Are you nervous around the crowds? And cam- you might as well answer camera too, because you've been on coverage quite a bit. Um, yeah. do, you, do you notice it anymore? Is it still a thing? Or can Ezra just kind of shut it out? Um, I, I, I definitely notice it still. Um, I, I think I notice the fans more than the cameras at this point. And I, I mean, I love it. it. It definitely adds a lot of excitement and there's just another, another level that it adds to the, to the play. And it kind of, for me, at least it, I feel like it forces me to focus in more, which I think just helps me play, helps me play to, to the next level. You know, when I played USDGC, I think that, that was the last time I got filmed. And for some of the holes, I didn't even know the cameras were there. So that was a little unfortunate because I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know, I, I didn't play that well that, that final round. I think maybe if I knew the cameras were there, I was paying more attention to that. I think maybe the pressure would have helped me play a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love it when we have people playing. So that was kind of a bummer for this season. Obviously, we didn't have a whole lot of people watching for most of the tournaments. But um, when we do have people watch, like I think the last one I played Belton, um, we actually had some some people watching. And so that was really fun. Did you win that? I did. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, <laughs> so you kind of, this guy's just such a good interviewee that he just takes all your questions right from you. Okay, let's get into that then. The Belton, this is, was this, a, this was an A tier that you won. It was, yes. Not the EH, yep. but this is an actual A tier. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, super like? happy to win that. It's, it was awesome. I mean, um, it, it, yeah, it was definitely, on the PGA side, it's, it's definitely my biggest win. So definitely, definitely happy to get that one. And one of the rounds was, was super hot. So definitely nice to kind of cap my season with that. And there was some super good competition with Mason Ford and Bradley Williams and Austin Hannah and Connor O'Reilly um, were at that one. So if it always feels good to, you know, to be guys that are really solid and, and then to actually take the, the top spot is, is that's all, that's kind of why we play. So now I have to ask this cause you're from South Dakota, correct? Yes. So not too far from the Canadian border. Yep. Have you been to Canada? I have. Yeah. I've yes. been to Canada. I've been <laughs> to Canada, um, over by Washington. We, we took the little yacht up yep. and then I think I went to Canada on accident once um, we drove up to North Dakota and ended up going too far. And so we like went like into the <laughs> Keystones or something. Yeah. yeah so we, like, we had to like turn around and then, and then leave. That's we amazing. Actually so went that, into Canada. Yeah. So that, that's a good, uh, a, a good little venture to experience the country a little bit, but do you think maybe you yeah. would be willing to travel for, um, obviously once restrictions are lifted and once COVID has, uh, hopefully cleared a little bit more, um, would you be willing to come to Canada for some tournaments if we have some big ones as well? Yeah. If those, if those are big tournament, I'd love to, I mean. I, you know, for this season, I plan to hit all the P, like the 
the pro tour events and the majors and the national tours. So if there's ever one of those up in Canada, I'd love to hit that. We're going to work on it. We're going to get you here. Sweet. There is I'm an A tier in Canada this year for, I think it's the first time uh, with a lot of added cash, but it sold out quickly. And I think the pandemic kind of messed it, uh, messed it up. And we have five USDGC spots up, up for grabs, which is really cool. Wow, so what we were, yeah, nice. we were hoping to kind of get some, you know, bigger pros up here, but obviously this year's going to be a wash, but I think you should watch for that one. Cause I, I bet you we'll see some, some good names up here eventually. What's the name of that one? It's called the Foxwood open and it's, uh, oh. it's in it's maybe three hours, uh, North of the Detroit border. What Northwest, I guess. So okay. yeah, Northeast. Anyway, so but that's far from Discraft. Correct. Hey, <laughs> Julian, nice, nice segue. Stop it. Pick some discs up. There Let's we go. go. So you are not in South Dakota. I don't think right now you look like you're wearing a t-shirt. You got a little bit I'm of sun not. on you. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh this is, gosh. it's so amazing to be down here. It's, it's almost never windy. It's always sunny. It's like, it's like the public place to practice. Can so, I tell you how so jealous much. I am? I, I have to imagine for you jealous. <laughs> I went there uh, a year and a half ago on a, a, a golf trip with some boys. I have my, I have a bunch of hockey boys and I, we went down for uh, just a golf trip and I, I don't know if I can describe how much I fell in love with that place. It was, it's, it's stunning. The weather's perfect yeah. all the time and the golf was mind blowing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Now I, I heard that you golf as well. So do you got your sticks yep. down there with you? I don't. Yeah, I golfed in high school, so that was that was my main sport for like four or five years. But since wow. since I've taken disc golf more seriously, I haven't been able to golf as much. You know, I've kind of been focused on disc golf. But I have actually I did golf once a couple of weeks ago. Some buddies came down just to visit, and uh, I was able to get out and golf once. So that Where? was that was pretty fun. But hopefully, you know, with the RV, I actually have a space to have my sticks. So nice. maybe I will get the old clubs down. You know. Hey, what course did you play? Out of curiosity. Um, I like Arizona Grand. I okay, think was the name of it? It's funny how I ask. Uh, like I'm gonna know, even though there's like seventy five thousand <laughs> courses down there. Per city, you I never think. know. Yeah, it's a couple of the highlights we did. We hit TPC up. Um, nice. Not the tournament layout, but the other one. I forget fun. what it's called. The something rookie layout. Yeah, oh. Rookie layout. Sure. The the loser <laughs> Canadian layout. And then we uh we played one called Boulders, um, which is okay. I've I don't think I've ever been to a more beautiful place in the world. Uh, it was like three seventy five around or something. It was nuts. <sighs> But, you know, you're down there. Once. Yeah. Bottom line oh, is, I'm nice. getting off topic. Arizona's gorgeous, and I'm jealous that you're there, but happy for you as well. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing, you know. I, went, I spent the last winter in Texas, and, you know, sometimes you just can't practice much because it's, it's too cold or it's too windy, and I've been able to just get as much practice as I want to down here, basically. Who do you stay with down there? Do you got a, do you got a rental, or do you got your RV already, or, or how does that work? Um, so right now, my parents actually came down, and so they got an Airbnb. Um, for Excellent. like a month or maybe two months. And so I'm just staying with them. Nice. So That's perfect. It's nice to have like an actual like house and then like an, an actual bed, you know, a little bit nicer than my previous. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> a little bit. We pictured doing an interview with you just like looking in the rearview mirror in the Prius at us. <laughs> right? Who knows? <laughs> That's <what I> should. <laughs> so Ezra, this pandemic we've talked about, it's been weird. Um, obviously no fans and all that kind of stuff. But what does a di pro disc golfer, specifically you, I guess, do to during a pandemic, what did you do to keep your game sharp? You had that layoff, uh, you know, for, for several months, like you said. What did you do to keep your – because you were in the, in the midst of your first year touring. It's supposed to be an exciting year. Uh, and then, you know, this happens. So what, what did you do? Yeah, I mean, I was able to just practice, basically. I went, I went back to South Dakota and spent the offseason, like that little, you know, like midseason offseason with my brothers. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to just go to the soccer fields and, and, and work on my game. I really worked a lot on step putting. Uh, during that time looks so, good you know that it was nice it was kind of nice to be able to take the first few months of the season and learn from it and learn what my weaknesses were and then go into that little off season and kind of dial in some of that stuff so it kind of worked out as a benefit for me i think okay. and then also to be able to produce content during that time too helped a lot are you going to be uh bringing your brothers on tour with you or are they going to be playing or uh they're not oh, i mean hopefully they come sometime <laughs> they, they you know my one brother plays golf so he, he's stuck with golf so they don't they don't disc golf as much as i do you so, win some. yeah, <laughs> you exactly. win some, you lose some. So the, yeah. I guess the first, the first big one, I believe was Clash of the Canyon, correct? Uh, that was your yes. first big win that was on coverage. Specifically, mm -hmm. I'd like to know, I think it was the second round, maybe you got to talk about that almost 1100 round. What, what does it feel yeah. like? Like, do you know you're doing something special at that time? Or are you just kind of focused on the end goal? Or, or did you think even like, wow, this must be a high rated round? Or were you just kind of focused there? No, I mean, I, I definitely knew, you know, like halfway through, I knew that I was pretty much boarding every hole. And so I knew I was kind of on, um, and that was the final, I think it was a two round tournament. That's, so that was the final round. Right. And yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, just, I felt I, I was, I was pretty focused, I guess, you know, talking to Tristan, who was on the, who, you know, he killed my bag. Um, 
so yeah, I was able to just kind of make my putts and throw my lines and it'd be nice to be able to tap into that a little bit more often, but <laughs> course. Definitely, definitely nice when it does. Now that was that a type of course that you don't, I think you were self-proclaimed, not a great forest player or, or tunnel hitter. Like, yeah, that... it's, it's like, it's a pretty woods course for me, for, for me. So I was, I was a little shocked that I, that that's why I shot like a super high round. Cause I consider myself more of like an open course player with my, you know, with distance and stuff. But well, if you so, can have both, I wouldn't ask any questions. I'd just take it. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, what's the best part of Ezra's game, in your opinion? The very best part. Um, I mean, if I could say the ability to go low, I'd probably say that. I, I've had a couple of rounds now above ten ninety. So, I think just being able to pop off and and shoot hot is is the strength. If you're talking more specific, I would say distance, since that's kind of always the same. You know, I never have a day where I'm only throwing at four hundred feet. Um, and then everything else, everything else kind of has its good and bad days. So, so what's the worst part then? What's something that Ezra needs to work on to kind of piggyback that question? Probably my my sidearm. I feel like it definitely lacks. I need so more funny, distance I think and, it's and, good. and finesse. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I think it's. I think you got a good sidearm already. But I mean, I guess if you're throwing seven hundred foot backhands, you might as well work on the sidearm to try and get it the same, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it to be the best, you know. Absolutely. So, do you have a? music that you like what kind of music does Ezra listen to do you have a music are you a musician do you like that kind of stuff or you just don't couldn't care any less I like music I'm not I don't really play any instruments or sing anything um I like I like probably just like mostly I like a decent variety I, I've been listening to like a lot of Black Pearl lately um Bryce Vine's really good um let's see yeah some of those guys awesome and are you a Netflix guy a TV show guy not you seem, really you seem pretty no. busy yeah yeah, I mean, I, 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 I usually, I'm usually the disc golfing or on social media, kind of. So that makes sense. So I want to, uh, I have a fiance who is um, due with a baby in five weeks with child. With child, Congrats. she's very, very, awesome. very large. I don't want to say large, but she's <laughs> her. She, she's ready to go. Let's just say that. There we go. So she yes. always mandates that I ask, "What is your favorite type of ice cream?" Ooh. I'm gonna say he can't eat ice cream. Oh boy. Uh, Probably well, we have vegan, vegan ice cream. cream, and I've tried, I've, I've tried some non-vegan stuff. So I mean, I don't know what ice cream tastes like. Uh, I would say probably caramel ice cream, mm. like a, like a caramel pecan, maybe. Yeah, good choice. It's probably my favorite. All right, before we let him go, I want to try this. This could be a complete flop. I don't really care at this point because you're a beauty okay. of a person. So I think you're gonna go with it. <laughs> I have three Canadian trivia questions I want to ask you. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, no. Right. And and I'm actually I'm glad that was your reaction because that that's perfect. All right. Question number one, Ezra Aderhold, who is our yeah. prime minister? Uh, Trudeau. Okay. Boom. Okay. One for one. Hang All on. Right. Yeah. We're go. giving him that. But what's his first name? Um, gosh, okay. I'll give you a I hint. It's a really, it. really stupid first name. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. He's hosting the podcast that you're talking to right now. One of them. It's either Julian or Justin. Who do you think? It's Justin. Correct. Boom. You got it. <laughs> Let's go. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. One for one. You're, you're 1100 rated That's good. already. I think we'll, I think we'll good right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we, Julian's a great editor as well. He can edit this out. There too. we go. <laughs> uh, man, if that was hard, maybe I was going to ask the capital of Canada. Do you know the capital of Canada? I, I probably not. If I get it right, I'm just gonna say Mont Montreal. That's a guess. It's a good guess. It's it a good guess. And credit to you. That's a Canadian city. So that is actually a pretty good guess. Okay. It's Ottawa. But it's not right. Is, no, Ottawa. it's not. Ottawa. Okay. So Ottawa. An hour away. An hour, hour away. away. From Montreal. Yeah. You're close. And we'll I, I'm not even going to ask the third one. It was going to be name three provinces. Could you, do you think you even could? Um, I can name Quebec. Perfect. New Braunfels. No, New Braunfels. I think that's one. New Brunswick. Is that one? Yep. New We're going to give you New Brunswick okay. for sure. Um, and then I need, I need one more. Okay. One of them, you got a one pretty close to Dakota, I think like on the North one, at least. Right. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's North Dakota. What's that? Um, sorry? Well, I mean, obviously there's one right next to North Dakota. Yeah. Um, what is it? I am blanking. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I'm not a geography guy. That's all right. That's all right. It's all good. That, and the, you know what? To be honest, it's exactly what we wanted. I wanted to see that you are a human, in fact, <laughs> because you are so good on the course. And we really, really, really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. Listen, Thanks great. This is fun. Oh, awesome. Great luck. Good luck uh, coming yeah. up. The tour starts really soon. We're all super looking forward to seeing you. I know you've got quite a big following here in Canada. Uh, and once again, man, thanks so much for doing it. And uh, uh, we really appreciate it. And everyone, don't forget to buy Ezra's Tour Series Nukes. Let's available go. from Discraft. Uh, now. They I think they're available out. now. They're sold out. Oh, God. They sold out in like 26 minutes. They oh, were available God. then, and they'll be available yep. again. So look out for them. Yes. Uh, 26 minutes, go. though. That's unreal. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. How many units? Crazy. You, do, you, do you even know that? Can't. I can't say. I do know. I can't say, though. 
Okay, right. but, it's, but a a good, I, it's a lot more than I expected. Okay, I was going to say, a good amount of units to make you smile like that. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Listen, exactly. you've deserved everything you've gotten this year, man, for your work ethic. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And thanks a lot, my friend. Thank yeah, you very thanks. much. I'll do it again. Okay, see you later. Well, there you have it. The guy is, first of all, a stand-up human being. Like, when you reach out to these pros to kind of get a, a – it's hard to kind of reach out and, and expect even an answer – uh, I was fortunate enough to have a practice round with Ezra uh, in Waco. So we kind of, I kind of become friends with him on Facebook. So I knew I could reach out to him, but for him uh, to take the time and Thomas and, and hopefully some other pros, it was really beautiful. And uh, man, and so many cool stories too. I, I love hearing uh, his start with his brothers and how he basically just excelled beyond them. I mean, he didn't talk about it too, too much, but you could tell that he put in a lot more work and effort. And that's the other thing that's so impressive about him that you can really hear is he is all work. And yeah, like when he mentioned, I said, what do you do for, uh, for fun? Yeah. He says, well, if I have a bad round, I go and practice way more. And if I have a good round, I'll either chill or go to the gym. So like can you, the guy's an absolute domination workhorse. Very, very clearly has a better work ethic than maybe 90%. one day he'll get into shape too. Like, I mean, he'll just work <laughs> up, get his body down to some sort of like manageable body weight. Like he's, He's pretty, like, he needs to work on his health, obviously. He'll get there, I think. But I think so, too. You know what? Uh, you know what they say, like, vegan, uh, if you're eating a vegan or, or plant-based diet, it's really hard to get enough protein, and I think that just shows. Yeah, he's so weak, and he can't throw <laughs> far. Um, but, like, I, I loved it. Uh, great guy. We had some technical difficulties, like Julian said, and, you know, we were kind of chill about it. Put him on the spot a little bit with those uh, <laughs> those Canadian <laughs> questions. We figured we'd try it out. It's not an uncommon thing to have anyone from the U.S. not really know much about this place because we're kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're up here and they're down there. So, well, I mean, Canada is our whole world. But if you think about it in the grand scheme of the entire world, we're like a fraction of a percent. And so a lot of people don't think of Canada outside of. Uh, and let's be honest, he's focusing on his his, his, yeah. his golf game anyway. And working out. Oh, did he work out? I think he, he mentioned it once. Like um, at gym? Like with weights? No, no, no. He just, he jogs. I think it's yogs, Julian. It's a <laughs> soft J. So again, thank you very much to Ezra. Mm -hmm. We really, really appreciate him showing up and, uh, and wish him the best of luck throughout the next season with his new sponsor, Discraft. I mean, he's already oh, man, throwing a half Discraft bag, but yeah. like. I cannot wait to watch this guy. Even at, like I said, after I, we had chatted down in Waco and I, I thought, I'll just kind of follow around, follow this guy around and see. Cause he was essentially to me, to be honest, like. Not really a, a guy I'd known. Mm -hmm. He was kind of a nobody on tour. And did that change in a hurry with his play this year? So I yeah. uh, cannot wait to see what he does this year with his new disc craft. I also thought it was mind-blowing. And it, I can't even imagine being him, how fast his disc sold out. Oh, yeah. Like uh, 26 20, minutes. 26 minutes. He said he oh. sold out. And he wouldn't give us the unit, which is super profesh. I like that. I think that's cool. Keep it close to the chest. But like Julie and I were kind of debating like it. it's in the, it's got to be in the thousands. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. they don't just set up a run of 250 nukes and be like, oh, you know, let's see if these things sell. Like, there was a substantial number and they sold out in 26 minutes. So, good on Discraft and good on Ezra, for sure. And uh, glad he took the time to be with us Canadian folk. All right. So, that is it for this episode. Now, tune in to our next episode where you are going to hear a fun interview. That's mm -hmm. that's fun in advance. I, I It hasn't happened yet, but I'd like to know. Well, yeah, we won't we won't drop the name yet. Uh, just in case it does, things don't work out, but uh, stay tuned for another great interview for sure. I, I, I'm really enjoying this, so hopefully we can we can roll this Canadian podcast across the country and have some people listen to our stupid voices about this beautiful game. Yeah, absolutely, and enjoy around on us. Thanks a lot, guys.